This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Shall we begin? Dari imigrasi, polis, BFM 89.9, you are listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn Sharmila and Arvin. And today it's an episode of Stuff We Missed um, because we are talking about Stone Turtle, which was actually a film that came out in 2022, but has just very recently become available on Amazon Prime. It is a Malaysian-Indonesian production. It was directed by Wu Ming Jin. So I heard a lot about Stone Turtle um, when it first was doing the festival circuits and it sounded very intriguing. Now, if that clip seemed sort of oddly short and essentially not saying very much, it's for a reason. Um, I think the less you know about the movie going in, the better. Um, It's one of those films, right, where even halfway through the movie, you're still trying to sort of figure out what it's trying to tell you, but also even just the very reality of the story that's being presented to you. I enjoyed this a lot. It's not a happy film um, and it actually manages to pack in a lot of commentary and a lot of heavy themes into what the story is. Uh, But even just as a mood piece, uh, a sort of a vibe of a film, I enjoyed it a lot. I think you could do a whole video essay about what this movie is about just unpacking the the themes and what it's trying to say, right? Um, there are some movies that have such a potent mood or create such a potent mood that you really have to be in the right headspace, I think, before you decide to watch. And judging by the poster and the pictures that I saw, um, I knew that I was in for something heavy before watching this. And the thing is, like, I, I don't know what you call this brand of uh, film language, but there's a undertone of discomfort throughout the 91-ish minutes of this movie, right? Um, it is distressing and, and some parts are really uncomfortable to watch. But because the movie teases you with questions, you also cannot not watch because you want to know what the movie is about and where it's going. Um, and the hook is so powerful. It has such a powerful hook and a mood to it. Um, I, I I don't know how to say I enjoyed it, but I appreciated it the movie so much. So I really thought of it as a mood piece. I mean, I'm mm. about to give a summary, but the summary isn't... I think the most important part of the film, this really is a film that you need to experience in order to fully understand what it is that we're talking about because mm. it's not that the story is secondary. It, it does drive things along. It's um, it's why everything happens. It's why everything needs to happen in this particular place. All of that is true, but really it's about the mood and tension that the film sets. But Stone Turtle um, uses as its frame a myth around, um, well, a turtle turning into stone. And there is this sort of strange folkloric story that sits at the heart of it that reflects back on the island's happenings even as it's going on. Um, But 
that's one thing. So that's the frame. Uh, as for the narrative, essentially what happens is that a young woman is caring for a young girl. She's trying to get her to be able to be recognised uh, in order to go to school. She's a stateless child. And so she is getting increasingly frustrated by the process and bureaucracy of doing this. Their relationship is kind of vague. You're not sure where it is that they come from. They seem to pop up in the city out of nowhere. Nobody really knows what's going on or even understands that the place where they live is in fact inhabited. So there's an air of mystery about them. She comes back one day from one of these frustrating incidents and sees a man, a newcomer on the beach, who then says, I'll pay you if you show me to where I want to go. Yes. And then that sort of spins off into, um, it goes to some very dark places. Uh, but it also actually, all of those things that you just mentioned, right? Um, stories of belonging, um, this feeling of, um, uh, I mean, statelessness, being a refugee is actually a big part of the story. Uh, there's also um, threads about how women are treated, about what it means to be um, not quite belonging to a particular community. So there's a lot there. I really enjoyed the way the storytelling plays around with what's real and what's not. Um, and that sort of is a through line in many ways, right? Because even the form it takes, there is film, as in actual people acting in the movie, there's also animation that sort of comes in in particular places. Um, so there's on one level, literal form of real and not real. There's also um, what may or may not be real things that are happening to people versus what are real things happening in the real world, whether people are telling you real versions or stories of who they are and what they're doing and their motivations. So there's many, many aspects of this that's layered into the story. And, you know, it's one of those films that actually, by the end, you are left with more questions than answers. But it's kind of okay. I, I, I love that. I love that the movie is not, it's not interested in the how at all mm. right like if if you if you find yourself asking how did this happen then you're just asking the wrong questions love because there are not any answers there um it's it feels more like a fever dream and i think if that was the intent to make the thing feel like a fever dream to make you question what you're watching and when you're watching this and and when any of this takes place and how these people come together then that's the i don't want to say that's the right way to watch a movie that's there's no right way right but i think that's a more beneficial way of watching a movie like this. Because once you start to ask, then that's a whole other rabbit hole. You know, there's, there's so much. There are way too many layers. At least for me, I felt like there are so many questions that I don't have answers to yet. So it's a nice movie to come out and discuss, I think. Um, so that's yes. what I found, that it is, it's a great solo watch, that's fine. But that fever dream feeling, I think after that, you do need to sit down and talk to people about, like, what do you think that was exactly? What did this symbolise? What do we think overall is happening? Because there are oblique references made to, I'm changing the plan. So there's a plan, but whether viewers are fully aware of what that plan is, it, it's hard to tell. I think um, it, it's best really not to go too far into what exactly everything is or, you know, how the story plays with ideas of... Now, I don't even want to say what it plays with ideas <laughs> of, um, but... We've made reference to the fact that it's dark. It's quite a violent movie. Um, it's mm. not violent in the sense that you actually see blood and guts on screen, but it's violent in the violence that is implied is very dark. Um, the places that it stems from, those things are very dark. Um, the, the notions of, 
you know, what it means to protect your family, uh, what it means to have a sense of self and to try and preserve that. All of that's, I, I don't know, it's difficult stuff to talk about and it's difficult stuff to cover in 90 minutes, frankly. Mm. Actually, the the level of implied violence in this film uh, shocked me. Uh, there is only one overtly actual violent act that you see on screen. Um, but the rest of it, there's so much... There's so much of a uh, tension and a fear in a lot of what they show that even scenes that otherwise maybe aren't actually violent at all or scary at all have an undertone that is quite, um, it keeps you on edge. Uh, you know, it, it's that's a feeling you get throughout the movie, a feeling of constantly being on edge. I did want to talk about how beautiful the film is, though, because for a movie that does that, for a movie that is overtly dark and violent in many ways, the background against which it shot these beautiful, um, it, it's set in the East Coast um, and the beaches, the way the sea is shot, the way caves. the island, the caves, the mm. um, it's such a beautiful film. Um, the way um, people are sort of situated against the landscape. There's a beautiful scene of her in a boat rowing in the ocean um, that I think you can frame as a painting. Did you guys also feel like this movie is so well paced? Because we've mentioned the the 90 plus minutes, right? Um, and packing so much in the 90 plus minutes. But it just, um, it wastes no time, I think. Um, like one thing this movie does that many movies don't do is it tells you exactly what you're getting within the first five minutes of the movie. So something shocking happens. Um, it's an act of like just pure violence la. And the sound design is also like, woof, mm. especially if, if it's loud. Um, and once that tone sets in, it never lets up. So instead of like escalating with every act from act one, act two, act three, right? The movie doesn't waste any time telling you like, this is what you're watching. Uh, feel free to switch if you want or let's keep going because it is a good movie. It might be upsetting. It might be violent, but this is it. This is where we are. Um, and I like that. I like that. We're talking today about Stone Turtle, uh, which was directed by Wu Ming Jin, written by Wu Ming Jin, Dio Mahameru and Nisa Jamal, uh, Nisa Jamal, and starring Asmara Abigail and Broad Palari, which we will come back and talk more about. Uh, let us know, have you seen Stone Turtle? Do you plan to? You can WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. But films, man. BFM 89.9. The Business Station. Saya lebih baik jadi manusia di pulau hantu daripada jadi hantu di pulau manusia. BFM 89.9, you're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn Sharmila and Arvin. This is the vaguest show we have ever done uh, in the history of shows. It's incredibly vague, uh, mostly because we're trying not to spoil. We are reviewing Stone Turtle, which we all really, really liked and have said a lot about, but also simultaneously, very little. An island, a turtle, some people. No, like that clip. Yeah. I'd rather be a ghost <laughs> in an island. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. Um, so... I wanted to talk a little bit about the acting because it's really a two-hander, right, primarily. It, it's um, There are peripheral characters. At times you go to the mainland or you flash back to scenes on the mainland and then there are more people. But broadly speaking, this is a psychodrama between two people who... Um, 
you don't understand exactly what's going on. Are they attracted to one another? Are they repulsed by one another? Is someone hunting the other person? Is someone seducing somebody? Do they know each other? Do they know each other? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So all of that stuff is going on and it really is between uh, Zahara and Samad. Uh, Zahara played by Asmara Abigail and Samad played by Bront Pilari. Oh, actually the the acting in this film did so much of the heavy lifting because in the midst of a lot of this confusion, right, you really need them to kind of take you through what's happening. Um, Asmar Abigail was fantastic. The movie requires her to do a lot of things, not a lot of dialogue, um, a lot of physicality involved in the performance. Um, And I thought she was wonderful. Um, She because she's also simultaneously a character and almost a symbol, right? The image of her in that red dress feels so iconic to the movie. Um, it almost risks her becoming very tropey, but I feel like she kept it very human and very relatable. I've not watched her perform before. I thought she was amazing in this role. And uh, Bron Pilaria, you know, he's, he's done so many different roles. I thought the right amount of charisma, but also sleaze, but also the ability to play someone that you don't quite like. And vulnerability. And vulnerability, Mm. because you don't know what this character is, actually. So the movie does need you to kind of empathize with him as well. And also the restraint to go along with with the vibe of this movie, right? Like no one's there's no like over dramatization. Uh, there are no like sudden heightened emotions. Everything's kept like it's all just one piece, la. And and I think it's it's so nice to watch because everything is like one layer, but there are also like dozens of layers under that layer that you wanna unearth. Like you wanna see what is happening, but everything is so sort of like kept secret. Um, I, I love the performances, especially since both of them do all the heavy lifting and, and they are the ones carrying the movie. Right? I love the performances. Yes, um, they, they're they also doing a lot. I mean, you mentioned that Asmara Abigail doesn't have a lot of dialogue, but actually neither does Bront. So mm. in, in both of them, there's a lot of physicality to it. There's a lot of just looking and of mm. you, the audience, having to read into that look what it is that they mean. So I, I will say that um, we all have, um, how do I put it? We've all come up with different readings. <laughs> of different what interpretations. Yes. They may all be correct. Yes, they, they may all be correct. They all, um, within the context of the text itself, make sense. But at the same time, um, I don't know. We, we all see the movie differently. I'll leave it at that. Yes, and, and I think that brings me maybe to the small criticism that I have about this film. Um, It does feel a little bit like the concept, almost like the the, the reach of the concept uh, was a little too much for the movie to ultimately get there. I didn't mind. Um, It's not a criticism, meaning I think it failed. Uh, And maybe that wasn't even the point, right? Maybe they want you to be left feeling like there were multiple iterations or um, interpretations of this. Um, I still feel like the movie's mood and tone and vibe did more than the narrative. So I I won't lie. Um, Sometimes these movies are so symbolic that it makes me feel dumb, you know, when watching it <laughs> because I don't get it, and I and I want to know that others also don't get it, so I don't feel so alone. You mean you didn't um, get the metaphor, Arvind? The metaphor of which one? Which one? <laughs> the fourth time, the fourth time that we see the turtle eggs, or oh, the whole island. The whole island is a metaphor. <laughs> exactly. So, like, even like within the first ten minutes, you know, okay, this is not about turtles. It's not about some random islanders. Um, and so, when like you're conditioned to look for things, right? 
every time they show a shot of like trees swaying in the wind, in the breeze, I'm like, but what does it mean? Is it about <laughs> capitalism? Like, what are you trying to say? And that is so like, ah, it, it's, it's very like thought provoking. And that's a good thing, right? I mean, like movies that you want to discuss after you watch it. And we had like, like off air discussions, uh, uh, you know, about the movie. That's what good movies do, I think. So... I think I, I wanted to bring that up because it's related to the ending, um, which again, of course, not going to spoil, but the movie ends in a way that is deeply open for interpretation um, in the sense that you aren't even sure who's left standing for real. You don't actually really know who is left to carry on the story and you're just supposed to sit with that and then make up your own mind. And I think that despite the fact that I'm not 100% sure that the narrative is glued together or even that it's meant to be. I think it's fine as it is that you see it as a mood piece, that that it has more theme than it has story, perhaps. Um, I'm perfectly fine with that. I think it's just that kind of movie. I wanted to know whether you both found the ending satisfying. I found the ending left me with a lot of questions. And in the end, I decided to believe in the version that I thought was correct which probably isn't correct. It's probably just the version I want to most be invested in. And maybe that's okay. Um, I, I do think that it, the story could have been tightened up just a little. So for me, I think, I think I'm okay with the ending because I feel like the ending matched the movie perfectly. Um, I, I think if it was anything else or if it had more information, then... It wouldn't have fit the vibe of the movie. So, with you know, in going with the vibe of the whole thing, I think it was as perfect of an ending for this film. Mm. And I bring that up because I think sometimes with challenging movies, you do need to know how you're going to feel at the end of it. Like, and, is there and, a payoff? Yeah, yeah. and, and I yeah. think that the payoff for this one is the experience. It's not necessarily the ending. Um, the ending mm. does have a clear crescendo. It, it does hit a moment, and it leaves you in like a little bit of a state of shock and I just wanted to let people know early on because the movie shocks you right at the end and then it doesn't let up and so if you're looking for a neat resolution this film doesn't offer that. I do think though it does offer a glimmer of hope which I didn't think a movie like this would. Um, it offers retribution in a certain sense. Um, it offers a little bit of hope. Um, and in a story that otherwise can actually feel quite bleak, I thought that was important and I was glad that it got there. Just like very quickly, right? How would you describe the genre of this movie? Because I was thinking about it. I, it's not a horror. Um, it's not drama. I was thinking maybe thriller slash mood piece like we've mentioned. But is there another... Is there like an actual genre that you would use when you recommend it to others? Like, like what is this? I think it's a mythological, psychological thriller. Mm. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I would have said thriller mind F. Mm, psychological thriller. Yeah. Like, yeah it's yeah. definitely got that. But the mythology of the film is so important. Yes. And I think actually we didn't talk a lot about the sort of the localness of the movie. Um, mm. But I think that I, I loved how they used local folklore and... Um, and, and tied it to actually real issues of like ecological local issues as well. Um, it's a movie that feels very familiar if you're Malaysian. Which also makes it a lot more uneasy, right? Because you recognize a lot of the, the environment, um, even the way the movie is colored feels so familiar. And I don't know if that, famili if that makes it scarier or not, but it just it adds to the vibe of the whole thing. So we, are, we have been reviewing today Stone Turtle. Um, directed by Wu Ming Jin, starring Asmara Abigail and Bront Palare. It is currently out on Amazon Prime and actually 
was uh, at making the festival rounds late last year, I believe. Anyways, let us know. Have you seen Stone Turtle? Do you plan to? If you've seen it, what did you think of it? You can WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio and write to us at movies at bfm.my. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.